You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back to Real Presence Live. We are broadcasting live from Our Lady of Perpetual Health Cathedral in beautiful Rapid City, South Dakota. I am Karen Gibbs, along with my co-host, Father Brian Christensen. Father, we are. Did you did you open the email from Real Presence Radio about our show? Yeah, I did. Did you see we were broadcasting from Dickinson? Uh, I did not notice that, but um, I don't know. We just couldn't make the road trip, so we are here. We're still here in South Dakota. The, yeah, sunny South Dakota. Sunny South Dakota here at Our Lady Perpetual Health. This Help, is so. our broadcast booth high yeah. above the Cathedral mm-hmm. of Our Lady Perpetual yeah, Health. I love it. <laughs> Couches and the whole bit. Couches, yeah, it's been great. Well, we had a great first segment. Oh, amazing, uh, with Kevin Wells, and we're looking forward to welcoming him here to the Black Hills at the end of March for the Men We Need Conference. Uh, so I would really encourage those uh, who are interested to be able to um, come if they're able and also to check out his uh, his websites that he mentioned there. Yes, that's, that's great. We have a guest coming up now. Father Brian Hess, are you on the, on the line with us? Yes, I am. Excellent. Father Brian, you are a priest in the Diocese of Cheyenne, just to the west of here in Rapid City. Um, can you tell us just a little bit about yourself? Sure. My name is Father Brian Hess. I've been a I've been a priest for I think we can round up to seven years now, about six and a half or seven years. Um, <laughs> always in Wyoming here, of course. Um, and so uh, right now I'm I'm located in Newcastle, Wyoming. I'm the pastor of Corpus Christi in Newcastle, St. Paul's in Sundance, and St. Anthony's in Upton, Wyoming. That is a lot of responsibility. <laughs> I get to do about 150 miles of driving on a Sunday through nice, open, beautiful territory. I guess if you have to drive, it's, it's nice to be in beautiful country where you can see God's majesty and, and have time to dwell on nature. <laughs> Amen, exactly. And, and the cell reception is bad, so it's a good time for praying. <laughs> <laughs> That's even better. Uh, well, thank you so much again for being with us today. And you, you're you here to share your vocation story, but let's start with a little bit about your upbringing. Have you always been Catholic? Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, my upbringing, I have, I'm have. i a cradle Catholic, always, uh, raised Catholic, and I'm the, the second of four children, and I was mostly raised down in Cheyenne. I moved to Cheyenne when uh, before first grade, about five or six years old, uh, with the military, with dad in the military. So second of four kids. Um, and yeah, so it, my upbringing, we were, um, uh, I, I don't know, average, consistent Catholics. We, we went to church every Sunday. We received the sacraments when you're supposed to, uh, always involved in youth groups and things like that. But the faith life of our home was... Um, not extru- not not super duper extraordinary, but consistent. Um, say, I was raised in Cheyenne. I graduated high school in two thousand five down in Cheyenne. That makes me feel very old. Just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> but is it, I mean, but just to be fair, Father Brian is older than I am, so he must feel very old now. That I don't even pay attention to those things. <laughs> It doesn't matter. <laughs> right. Which is actually the promo. Age doesn't matter. Age doesn't matter. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you grew up in an, for lack of a better description, an average Catholic home. 
with mm-hmm. with a focus on um, attending mass on Sundays and sacramental prep and, and just doing what I suppose what most Catholic families do they go they skirt by with I'm not going to call it the bare minimum but with with what is average so at that point then you must have had some pivotal moment in which the priesthood first came to your mind where, where this call was placed on your heart yeah, I like the I like to use the word average because I like to emphasize that uh, priests don't come from extraordinary families or some family that's holier than yours. Priests come from your own family. Uh, they they they'll come from any any family, and so I certainly felt a call to the priesthood when I was very young. I have you know I have vague memories of when I was young saying I want to be a priest when I grow up, but it was at the age that I'm either going to be a priest or an astronaut. You know. Uh, yeah. And I remember oh, I, my dad saying exactly. that um, he's uh, he'd be so proud if his son was a priest. And you know that was always uh, one option among many for me. Through, like elementary school, thinking about when you're going to be a grown up, and then as things get more serious in middle school and high school, it was always just one of a couple career options for me. Um, and through high school, I dated I did all the normal stuff that a high schooler high schooler does uh, but I always stayed close to the church um, and so God protected me from any um, especially big dangers by uh, because I was always close to the church so I thought about I thought about priesthood growing up um, thought about all and uh, towards the end of high school I even started to pursue engineering as well a civil a civil engineering and um uh, and but then um, towards the end of high school, always staying involved in the youth group, uh, my youth minister had me attend a discernment retreat for young men. And this was my the fall of my senior year of high school. And it was this discernment retreat that kind of brought this idea of priesthood back onto my radar. I had, at that point, I had a senior year of high school, starting to make plans for post-high school. I mostly let this idea of priesthood go, and I was pursuing engineering. I'd actually gotten accepted to the School of Mines over there in Spearfish, because uh, I was that serious about engineering. I uh, went to this discernment retreat in the fall of my senior year of high school, and then that was just a spark, and God started to work in my heart, uh, so that over the course of the next couple months, I just realized that this idea of priesthood wasn't going to go away if I didn't do something about it. And I had this inkling, uh, you know, wanted to pursue engineering, so I guess my mind works in a somewhat uh, logical uh, uh, manner like that. I thought if I went to a university or something like that and it wasn't where I belong, that that would not be obvious. But I thought that if I went to seminary and it wasn't where I belong. The seminary is kind of a unique place, and so if it wasn't where I belonged, then that would be obvious pretty quickly. So just with an eye toward potentially eliminating options for my future, I I decided to go to seminary uh, straight from high school, uh, never with any big light bulb moment that clearly God is calling me to be a priest, but just with this this idea that there's this thing in my heart that's not going away, and seminary would be the place to figure it out. So I went to seminary straight from high school, which is kind of a rare thing. Um, 
Uh, but God was good enough to uh, just kind of point me in that direction. So I went to seminary straight from high school, not sure that I, not decided that I was going to be a priest, but just knowing that there was a thing in my heart that had to be prayed through. And so I went to seminary, and over the course of the first couple years of seminary, which happened at Conception Seminary College in Missouri, run by Benedictine monks, uh, it was a, it was a good place to be apart from the world and just pray. And so over the course of the four years of college seminary, uh, I was never sure, but God kept saying, come back for one more year. Just come back for one more year. And so I just kept coming back for one more year. Uh, and then I graduated from there um, in 2009, and God said, take the next step. So I took the next step into theology school, and that put me at St. John Vianney Seminary in Denver, where their first year is a spirituality year. And so I spent a year in Denver, at the seminary in Denver, not taking formal classes, not taking graded classes, but taking a year apart from the world uh, in a formal context to just pray, to get to know God better, and to get to know myself better. And that built up to, and it culminated in a 30-day silent Ignatian retreat. So we were completely apart from the world for 30 days, praying through Christ's life and how I interact with it. And at the end of that 30 days is uh, when I've never heard God more clearly at any spot in my life. I've never been closer to God at any spot in my life than I was right there uh, in, a, in a very tangible way. And so at that point, I heard quite clearly that God is saying, uh, Brian, I want you to be a priest. Uh, you'll be happy if you do this. And I said, all right, God, I'm in. Uh, you're going to have to really stop this train if you want me to get off it, but I'm going to go be a priest. So then the next four years of seminary uh, of theology, in my mind, were no longer discernment and just preparation. And I was ordained in 2014, uh, seven years ago now. Um, so I, uh, in many ways, my vocation story, I kind of think of it as like an airplane having a smooth takeoff. Uh, always remarkable. We're happy when it happens, but... In many ways, not remarkable. It's kind of ordinary. My vocation story, just uh, God kind of put blinders on me like you would on a horse to keep me from getting distracted. So <laughs> in my vocation story, I'm very grateful to God that he just, he just, said, come, he just said, come this way. Just follow me. Uh, left to your own devices. You're going to get lost and confused. So just come this way, and it'll be better <laughs> for you. And I've been very grateful for that because I knew that I would be happy as a priest because that's what always inspired me. Uh, I think one of my biggest inspirations for priesthood was the priests I knew were happy, joyful, deeper than happiness, and I wanted what they had. And so I pursued priesthood based uh, with that being a big inspiration, and I knew that I would be happy as a priest. I didn't think I would be this happy this often. I think that's what typified the, my priesthood over the last seven years, is I didn't think that I would be this happy this often. Well, isn't that the case when you are truly living out the vocation that God has called you to, that you are yes. happy more yes. often than not? Because you are where God has placed you, where his intention for you, and you are being as active in, you know, he works through you because you, you listen to him and you, you, in a way that he could actually use you, as opposed to some of us who just like, well, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and God's going, whoa, 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 now I have to really wake you up to bring you back into where I need you to use you at. So, well, 
We are, Father Brian, are going to have to take a break here, but when we come back, we have so much to talk about. So we're going to come back after the break and dive a little bit deeper into a few more of these things that you were talking about. So thank you guys for staying with us here on Real Presence Live. We are broadcasting live from Our Lady of Perpetual Help in Rapid City, South Dakota. I am Karen Gibas, along with my co-host. Father Brian Christensen will be back after the break with Father Brian Hess. Thank you. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together toward success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. I would say um, where Catholic Radio has played a pretty important role in my faith is I'm a scientist, so I I think of everything kind of in knowledge and intellectual terms. So Catholic Answers helped a lot because I might have some questions or there was a lot that I wasn't aware of, and it always seems like the callers' questions were just timed perfectly for whatever I was wondering about or had questions about. So I was able to learn kind of piece by piece and and build. And now with kids, I really like to hear Dr. Ray's show with all the little discipline tips because he makes it so simple. Yes. Um, I think for me, you know, the history has has been really interesting. You know, I grew up Catholic and we went to Sunday school and, and religious education, but you can always learn more and there's just, you know, there's only so much that you can learn. I mean, when you're just going once a week to religious education. So for me, it's just been really interesting to learn, you know, why do we do this or where did this come from or, you know, or to be able to answer questions when people have them. I think that's been the biggest help. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm your co-host, Karen Gibas, along with Father Brian Christensen. And we are talking to Father Brian Hess, a priest of the Diocese of Cheyenne in Newcastle, Wyoming, and other places, driving, praying, and admiring nature as he shepherds his flock. Uh, Father Brian, I have a question for you. You um, said something that was very, um, touched my heart a little bit, and I just, if you, if you can just expand upon this. Uh, you were talking about when you were in high school and, and, you know, you were getting, I guess, you know, average Catholic family, but you mentioned you were protected. God had protected you. And that, you know, you didn't fall into, I suppose, a good way to put it, the traps of the world, the temptations in which our young people are exposed to every day in the world. And can you maybe speak to 
all of, hopefully there's young people listening, but what it is that helped protect you? What, what actions, what devotions, you know, was it confession on a regular basis? Was it praying the rosary? Was it attending, you know, mass on Sunday, but having a connection with the liturgy on a, a higher level? Yeah. So I think what helped to protect me is primarily that Sunday mass. Like that was just, it was not an option. It had to happen. And for myself, I always try, I, I realized that at many points and most points in my childhood, even through high school, I was um, involved in the liturgy as an altar server through, through middle school. Uh, I, I did a couple years of Catholic school and uh, would always get out of class when I could to go serve the funerals with my favorite priest. Um, so I was an altar server when I could, and then uh, I was often a lector through high school at, the, at my parish's youth mass. So always involved in the liturgy, and uh, to some degree, but at least uh, participating by being at the liturgy, by attending the liturgy, the Mass. And then the other thing that I think helps to protect me, um, that I can point to, I mean, because of course Mother Mary was always there in ways I don't deserve, always Mother Mary, but uh, something that I could point to as a, as a tangible influence on my childhood is my parents, um, that the, we were... We we didn't have a strong devotional life, and I can say that. We, we didn't pray a family rosary or anything like that. We should have. We should have gone to confession more often, but we probably only went twice a year or so. So I think what my parents gave me, what they did do for me and for my siblings, is gave us a strong moral code that uh, we're, we know what the right thing to do is. We may not be able, be able to articulate the right reason for it, like Thomas Aquinas, but we know the right thing to do, and so we're going to do it. So I think that was a major uh, piece that helped to protect me from uh, from some of the dangers that the world otherwise presents. I think it's great that an ordinary family can produce an extraordinary vocation with God's grace, obviously. But it just uh, what a a testament to your parents and what they did give you and all of the parents who are listening here on Real Presence Live. I mean, just know that if God can bring Father Brian Hess into a vocation, he can bring your child into a religious vocation and just stay the course. Right, Father? Yes. The thing the thing my parents offered me, and I think this is important, that this has been more important the more I've reflected on it. The thing my parents offered me is freedom. They reassured me that, that, that uh, they, I had their support no matter what I chose. Uh, when, and they told, me that, they told me that they kind of played it a bit hands-off after the fact. When they saw that I was really thinking about and discerning the priesthood, um, they wanted that. They knew that that had to be my decision. They knew that they couldn't pressure me into it, and they knew they didn't want to pressure me out of it. They knew that it had to be fully my choice if I was going to do something like this. And they did the same thing with my brother when he joined the military, with the dangers involved in that. If he was going to do that, it had to be his decision. Uh, and with me joining the seminary and the priesthood, if I was going to do that, it had to be my decision. So I knew that no matter what I chose, I, al- I always knew that I had my parents' love and support. And I think that's an important thing that they gave me is, uh, the freedom to go where God called me to and knowing that they had my back no matter where God called me. So that freedom they, my parents gave me, I think, was crucial. 
Father, this is uh, Father Brian. Um, I, the other Father Brian on the, <laughs> the show today. The other Father Brian? <laughs> yeah. So I just, you know, um, did you ever have this conversation about priesthood with your parents? Or was it kind of you, God? Uh, or did you were you more open in discussing this with parents? Or maybe some other people in your life? Ah, uh, yeah, I discussed it uh, Pre the serious discernment, my serious discernment, the decision to go to seminary was uh, was not till senior of high school. So then it was a discussion with the parents for sure. Before that, I certainly discussed it with them a little bit. But my, I remember my youth minister being another major, a moderate influence, and uh, the priest at my parish, as at the cathedral in Cheyenne. So we had a couple priests, and so the priest that I grew up with um, were a were a major influence as well and somebody that I would I would I remember picking their brains and in trying to figure out what this lifestyle is like what does it look like mm-hmm. day to day um, but I do remember I definitely do remember speaking with the parents about it and thinking that just like and them just always being very open uh, never wanting to pressure uh, but being very open and uh, always letting me know that they, I had their love and support uh, as long as I was going where God wanted me to go. Yeah, beautiful trust in, in that God is at work in our lives. I think you know that that kind of faith is key for all of us, whether we're priests or or parents. That um, we can trust that God is at work in, mm-hmm. in men's and uh, young men and young women's lives and our children's lives for sure. One of the things I remember mm-hmm. back, uh, Pope. Uh, Benedict came to the United States back in 2007, and the bishops of the United States had a, a meeting with him uh, at the Basilica in Washington, D.C., and they asked the Holy Father, you know, what should we do about the vocations situation here in the United States? We're struggling and whatever. And he said, well, first pray, as Jesus commands us, pray for vocations. But he said, he said, also teach our young people to pray. And the Holy Father said this. He said, I trust young people to respond to Christ once they hear his voice. But we have to teach them to hear his voice. Um, and I think that's a, that's a powerful thing for us as priests and also as parents, teaching our young people, our children, how to hear the voice of God. Now, Father Brian, has you mentioned this several times, hearing or feeling or receiving God's presence or his communication or he spoke to you. Can you kind of talk about that along the way? And you especially mentioned that at, at the end of your 30-day retreat that you heard him clearly. Could you talk about what it means to hear God in your life? Yeah, I think that is, I think that is important. I like what you said because uh, this personal relationship with Jesus is the only thing that's going to save the church, our clever programs, our community, and everything else. It won't do it. If we don't, you know, if we don't each have a personal, meaningful relationship with Jesus Christ, and so I, I've always, I don't know, I don't know why. It's not because it's no credit to me. I'm, I'm a sinner, uh, but uh, Jesus has always been this, this presence in my life. I've always been blessed with a, uh, with a faith in the Eucharist, some, some understanding that like this is really Jesus. I can distinctly remember my confirmation. I, I, I oddly enough, as a, I remember my confirmation as a teenager, and that, that I, and realizing like this is a powerful moment. I've just received something big, and I have to do something with this. And then, um, and then I'm always aware of God as this as a constant presence in my life, a constant help and guide in my life. 
And I and I can see my life ebb and flow. I can see that when I'm praying well and praying consistently, I am more aware of God's presence. And when I let my prayer get lazy, when I don't pray as well or as consistently, then I don't feel His presence, and my life suffers for it. So it it has to come through just constant, consistent prayer. And if we pray consistently, then then we can't help but start to notice this God who's always present to us, but we become more aware of Him if we stay consistent with our prayer. Yeah, no, that's a beautiful. I think, you know, prayer sometimes described as that life breath, right? I'm breathing in yeah. this relationship with God, and if I don't have it, I'm going to suffocate. And some people compare the sacraments to kind of the, the food that sustains us, I'm nourished, and I don't want to either be suffocated without prayer, and I don't want to be malnutrition, malnourished, <laughs> malnourished without yeah. the sacraments. So those are <laughs> key things, you know. Um, listen, um, you talked about the the great happiness that you have as a priest. And many, many men will talk about that, that they didn't anticipate the kind of joy, the kind of satisfaction, uh, and statistics across, uh, uh, you know, uh, the the last decade or two will prove that out. Father Stephen Rossetti does some great work on, yeah. on priestly uh, life. But anyway, um, finding that priests are some of the happiest people <laughs> In, in the world. Um, what are some of those joys that you've discovered in these seven, almost seven years of priesthood? Oh, um, what are the joys that I've discovered? Walking with people. Just getting to, I, I think it, it's the people that really bring me such a joy and getting to watch them grow in their faith and getting to be involved in this growth in their faith. Um, Get when a soul comes to confession and uh, is, is truly sorry for their sins, uh, uh, getting to feed the people with the Eucharist, uh, getting to watch couples join together in marriage, getting to baptize their children, uh, the, and getting to, getting to bury their loved ones. That I'm mm-hmm. that, that Father, you you see this that we are we are the top of the we're we're the top people that people want to call when life is really good or when life is really bad, and it just it makes my heart. Every yeah, you exactly, day. exactly. You know, we had a priest one time tell us that you know the the joy of his priesthood is he has a front row seat to God's grace. He sees it unfolding yeah. here. Well, it's been a joy to visit with you, Father Brian Hess, sharing your story. Thank you, guys. thank you, thank you for your yes, and God bless you over there uh, on the other side of the Black Hills in uh, Sundance and uh, Newcastle. Newcastle, and what was the other one? And Upton. And, and Upton. Upton. All right, God bless you, and have a God great Lent. Take care. Thank you. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk with the bishop about the right of election. Stay with us here on Real Presence Live. 